welcome to the How to Learn Anything course from Plato University, where you're going to learn the science-based tools of pro learners to accelerate your learning, remember more, and master any hard skills. These are the secret techniques they didn't tell you in school. If you're passionate about changing your life with learning, join us at Plato.University to get exclusive content with every lesson. I'm your learning guide, Brandon Stover, and let's get started. All right, technique 13, getting feedback. This is really going to be a crucial part of your learning because until you get feedback about the parts that you don't know, it's going to be hard for you to create things that you can practice in order to get better at what you're learning. We spoke about getting feedback in the last technique of deliberate practice. But as a reminder, feedback is typically an example of the correct way to do the skill that you're trying to learn. For example, a native speaker saying the word that you're trying to learn, an expert coach demonstrating a golf swing, and so on and so forth. However, in some cases, the feedback may not be the correct version of the entire behavior you're trying to learn, but instead it may zero in on a specific part that is incorrect, helping you to identify what needs improvement. And the reason this feedback is so crucial is because you need to pay attention to the correct behavior, the correct way that the skill is applied, and notice the difference between what you have done applying that skill and what you should have done in applying that skill. And with this observation, you can update how you think and apply the skill, which will affect your overall performance in the future. Now, feedback features prominently in the research on deliberate practice from our old friend Anders Ericsson and other psychologists focusing on this theory of the acquisition of expertise. In his studies, Ericsson found that the ability to gain immediate feedback on one's performance is an essential ingredient in reaching expert levels of performance. When you gain no feedback, this often results in stagnation for you, meaning long periods of time when you continue to use a skill but don't get any better at it. And sometimes, the lack of feedback can even result in declining abilities. For example, many medical practitioners actually get worse with more experience because the expertise they gained in medical school begins to fade and the accuracy of their diagnosis is not given the rapid feedback that they would normally get in order to promote their further learning. See, without corrective feedback, it's not possible to determine whether your practice is effective or not. And this would render practice almost useless as a learning tool. So for this reason, corrective feedback must always be present in your deliberate practice. Now we're gonna to touch on the exact type of feedback that you should be getting depending on what you're learning, but I wanna make a quick note between positive feedback versus negative feedback. With positive feedback, like wow, you're doing a great job, can be very great in the beginning when you're starting to learn a new skill because it's giving you that motivation and confidence to keep learning. But after you've been learning a skill for a while, it can actually be detrimental because it's not actually pointing out the parts that you need to learn in order to get better at that skill. And that's where the role of negative feedback comes. Negative feedback actually isn't a negative thing. What it's telling you is there's a specific aspect that you need to get better at. And somebody's helping to point that out. And while that may be hard to hear and swallow, in the long run, it's going to help you get better at the skill you're learning and become a master at it. But this idea of feedback is even more nuanced than that. What's very interesting in the research about feedback is that more feedback isn't always better. What really matters is the type of feedback that's given. Now, obviously, it's hard to be criticized about what you're doing, especially when you're learning something new and don't, don't have much confidence about it. But it's crucial that you undertake this. So let's explain some of the results when you apply this for yourself. We know that receiving feedback isn't always easy. 
If you process it as a message about your ego rather than your skills, it's easy to let it become detrimental to yourself. Though carefully controlling the feedback environment so it is maximally encouraging may be a tantalizing option for you, real life rarely affords you such an opportunity. Instead, it's better to get in, take those punches now so that they don't take you down later on. Though short-term feedback can be very stressful, once you get into the habit of receiving it, it becomes easier to process without overreacting emotionally. And you can use this to your advantage, exposing yourself to massive amounts of feedback so you know exactly where you need to get better. There's no confusion, you know exactly what you need to practice. Now at Plato University, we foster a few different ways for you to get feedback. One is through our one-on-one coaches, where they can work with you directly and figure out which part of the skills you need to be practicing most. Additionally, you have an entire community of peers in our learning community that can give you peer-to-peer feedback. Maybe somebody that's even at the same level as you, who knows how difficult it is to be practicing these skills, but can help give you a mirror on exactly where you need to work on to get better. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the type of feedback that you're getting is crucially important. So I'm going to discuss three types of feedback that you need to be looking for when you're starting to learn something. Now, the three feedback types that we're going to be considering are outcome feedback, informational feedback, and corrective feedback. First up, outcome feedback is going to tell you whether you're doing something wrong or not. It tells you how well you're doing something overall, but offers no ideas to what you're doing better or worse. In school, this often comes as the form of a grade, a pass-fail, or maybe getting an A, B, or C. It gives you an overall view of how you're doing in the class, but doesn't really tell you which parts you could do to get better. Now, this type of feedback is often the easiest to get, and research shows that even getting this feedback, which lacks the specific message about what you need to do to improve, can be helpful. One way outcome feedback helps you improve what you're learning is with a motivational benchmark against your goal. Say if your goal is to reach a certain grade, this feedback can give you updates on your progress towards that goal. And sometimes this is the only feedback that you can come across, so it's better than nothing. However, the other two types of feedback are going to be much more valuable for you when trying to engage in deliberate practice. And that brings us to our next type of feedback, which is informational feedback. And this is going to tell you what you're doing wrong. It's going to point out the specific parts of a skill that you need to work on. However, with this type of feedback, it's not going to tell you how to fix it. Now this kind of feedback is easy to obtain when you get real-time access to a feedback source. For example, when you're a computer programmer creating a piece of software, you may start to get error messages pointing out some of the areas that you need to write code better, but it's not going to tell you how to fix those pieces. Or maybe you're practicing basketball and you're doing different shoots. You get immediate feedback because you're seeing what shots that you're missing, but it doesn't tell you how to get better at those shots. Now this leads us to our third type of feedback, which is gonna be the most useful. And this is corrective feedback. This is the feedback that shows you not only what you're doing wrong, but also how you can fix it. And this kind of feedback is often only available by having a coach, mentor, or teacher, somebody that can show you directly what's going on and how you can get better at it. However, you can simulate this kind of feedback on your own as well, depending on what you're studying. For example, if you're studying a formal subject that has practice problems, you can go back and forth between your study material, the practice problems, and the solutions and start get to get corrective feedback for yourself. Now, once you've gotten feedback and you start to understand the parts of a skill that you could be doing better, this is when you go back and engage in that deliberate practice, breaking down those parts of a skill into drills that you can do and then combining it back together and practicing it directly. Now, the research is a bit mixed on how quickly you should be getting this feedback, whether it should be immediate or delayed. 
Our friend Anders Ericsson believes that it should be immediate. In order to identify and correct mistakes, and allow you to execute the corrected version very quickly. However, there's some laboratory studies that tend to show that delaying the presentation of the correct response along with the original task can be more effective. However, I generally recommend faster feedback because this enables a quicker recognition of mistakes. However, what you don't wanna do is try and get feedback before you've actually given the full effort to practicing something. Remember, we want to engage in that desirable difficulty pushing ourselves to the edge of our abilities. Once we've done that, then we can search for feedback, understanding what we've done wrong. But if you start searching for feedback before you've actually given it your full amount of effort, you may be cutting yourself short. So for example, if you're working on a math problem and it's extremely hard and you only try and solve it for about a minute or so before looking at the solution, you're never going to stretch your ability and start to make those long-term connections within your mind about the material. So you want to spend a significant amount of time working on the problem before going and looking up the solution. And here's a tip when you're getting feedback. You want to be able to separate the signal from the noise. So the signal is going to be that kernel, that nugget that's really going to help you identify the things that you could do to get better. However, when somebody gives you feedback, they often don't tell you that directly. Instead, they're going to surround it with a bunch of noise, stuff that doesn't really apply to you. And you may be even feeling like that's attacking your ego. Focus in on just the signal, the part that's telling you what you could do to get better and how you could do it. Being able to hear and accept feedback is a lifelong skill that you're also going to be practicing while learning any other skill. It's going to help you build self-confidence and resiliency and ability to make yourself better without letting your emotions get in the way of that. Now to practice this technique today, what I want you to do is demonstrate a skill that you're learning to someone else and solicit some feedback from them. So if you're doing something like creating a podcast, maybe you could give somebody that podcast episode to listen to and get some feedback on it. Now remember, to make this feedback quality, you're going to want to give it to somebody that could actually give you feedback on what you're doing wrong, maybe even how you could fix it. So in the podcasting example, giving it to another podcaster or even somebody that teaches podcasters would be a fantastic way to get that high quality feedback. Thank you for taking the How to Learn Anything course. To get everything you need to become a pro learner, including advanced resources, personal coaching, and a community of passionate learners just like you, then visit plato.university/courses/learning and join us for free. Again, that's plato.university/courses/learning. This course was produced by Plato University, where students turn passions into purpose and learn skills to change the world. Learn more at plato.university.